Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'ah. Allahumma arinal haqqa haqqan ve arzukna ittiba'ah. Ve arinal batula batulan ve arzukna ictinabe. Rabbi şirah li sadri ve yasir li emri. Ve halul uqdeten min lisani yafqahu qavli. Esselamu aleykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Inshallah, a rough translation of the text that we will be reflecting upon today will be posted at this website too. Go to podcasts, then the words, then the 13th word. And as this indicates, today inshallah we are starting the 13th word this treatise follows on the wake of in the wake of the 12th word and continues the discussion of the comparison of the lessons wisdoms of the quran and the lessons and wisdoms of philosophy that has not been guided by revelation bismillahirrahmanirrahim in the name of god the merciful the mercy giver This treatise is inspired by and therefore in a sense a, an interpretation of uh, two verses. The first one is A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Wa nunazzilu minal Qur'ani ma huwa shifa'un wa rahmatun lil mu'mineen And we send down from the Qur'an that which is healing and mercy to those who believe. This is the 17th chapter of the Quran, the 82nd verse. And, وَمَا عَلَّمْنَاهُ الشِّعْرَ وَمَا يَنْبَغِي We have not taught the Prophet poetry, nor could he ever have been a poet. And this is the 36th chapter of the Quran, the 69th verse. So, let's read the meanings, interpretations of these verses again. And we send down from the Quran, that which is healing and mercy to those who believe. So there is healing and mercy in the Quran that is for those who believe, for believers. And we have not taught the Prophet poetry, nor could he ever have been a poet. The Prophet was not was not reciting poetry. He was not writing, authoring poetry, and he could not have been a poet. So what does that Nursi make uh, make of these verses? Quran Quran Hakim ile felsefe ulumunun mahsulu hikmetlerini, dersi ibretlerini, dereceyi ilimlerini muvazene etmek istersen şu gelecek sözlere dikkat et. If you want to compare the products of the wisdoms of the wisdomful Quran and the sciences of philosophy as well as the lessons of their teachings and the levels of their knowledge, pay attention to the words to come. The 13th word is composed of two stations, two sections that Ustad Nursi has called stations. The first one is this uh, relatively more straightforward discourse about the comparison of the Quran and the uh, sciences of philosophy. And we will read it. And then the second station is uh, mostly addenda to this treatise that is uh, from lessons that Ustad Nursi had given elsewhere in other contexts and the the uh, theme that connects these two stations is the comparison of the Quran and the wisdom of uh, sciences in a in a more theoretical discourse in the first station and in the second station we see how that is put into practice he has lessons to the youth he has lessons to prisoners 
etc etc how do you live the quran how do you live a life that is guided by the quran and that is protected from the uh, falsehood that emanates from the philosophies various ways of thinking that are not guided by revelation so if you want to compare the products of the wisdoms of the wisdomful quran and the sciences of philosophy so there are two competing uh, approaches to what we are doing here in this world one is guided by the by revelation and the latest and most perfect and complete form of that revelation that has ever come to humankind is the quran and the other is not guided by revelation not guided by one who knows everything altogether with an encompassing uh, knowledge the product of perhaps intelligent genius human beings who are groping around with the limited uh, senses and information and access to reality that they have in this world and we have completely different and differing consequences come out of those two uh, wisdoms come out of those two sources because the second one refuses to acknowledge reality as reality is in its inability to see it as it is even though it may be sincere even though it may be guided by the intellects of really smart people and perhaps even good-willed people within limits it does not get you to where you would want to be if you saw reality as reality is işte Kur'an-ı Mucizül Beyan'ın bütün kainattaki adiyat namıyla yad olunan harikulade ve birer mucize-i kudret olan mevcudat üzerindeki üstündeki adet ve ülfet perdesini keskin beyanatıyla yırtıp o hakaik acı beyzi şura açıp nazar ibretlerini celbedip okule tükenmen tükenmez bir hazine-i ulum açar this is a very important concept that is coming it is one of those paradigm changers it can if grasped fully it can help a person to see the world in a different light what is it here is that of the quran of miraculous exposition the wisdom right we are talking about the wisdoms of uh, and the products of the wisdoms of the quran and philosophy of sciences here is that of the quran of miraculous exposition with its sharp statements incisive sharp statements it tears apart pierces through the veil of custom and familiarity from over the existing beings that are called by the name of ordinary beings yet each yet are each extraordinary and a miracle of power so we live in a world we are born to it born into it and as we grow up we accumulate data we accumulate pieces of information by seeing things hearing things smelling things tasting things uh, we learn and we start to recognize that there are patterns in this world and then we start to assume accept this as normal as the norm it is just the way it is we say or we think and then it starts to feel ordinary to us we don't see what a miracle is actually going on in there there comes the spring there shoot the leaves there bloom the, the, the, the trees there uh, come to life all those little eggs of insects and birds and whatnot 
and we think you know this is the way it is it it has always happened that way there's you know what what is what is the big deal about it right we lose our sense of wonder and amazement in the face of this wonderful wondrous and amazing world but with its sharp statements the quran of miraculous exposition tears apart the veil of custom and familiarity from over the existing beings that are called by the name of ordinary beings yet they are not ordinary beings we need to put away that veil they are not ordinary beings they are each extraordinary and a miracle of power there's nothing ordinary about a wheat germinating under the soil and then shooting that little green leaves and then growing and becoming a stalk and then producing these seeds and those seeds drying up and then us being able to take it and grind and have flour and bake it into bread and eat and that bread has if it is not contaminated and and corrupted by human intervention has the perfect match for what we need in our body there is knowledge there is intent there is specification there is power in this it is miraculous in the sense that it incapacitates us human beings from being able to bring an analog to it something like it we cannot do it with all this technology and knowledge and institutions that are dedicated to research and so much money going into it and so on and so forth we cannot do anything like that when we try to do it we think that we have brought about something that is similar to it but then we start to recognize that while the first one was pure and healing and just the perfect match with what we need the second one that we have brought into into our world somehow doesn't work in the same way it gives us satiation but it does not give us the nutrition what an amazing thing that is with its sharp statements the quran tears apart the veil of custom and familiarity from over the existing beings that are called by the name of ordinary beings yet are each extraordinary and a miracle of power it reveals those amazing truths before conscious beings draws to itself the sights that are open to lessons and opens up an unending treasure of sciences for the intellects but so there is a condition it reveals those amazing truths that they are apparent and visible revealed disclosed here in clear sight before conscious beings for those who have the ability to perceive it draws to itself the sights that are open to lessons so there are sights that are not open to lessons that just don't want to see that want to close their eyes how can you show something to one who wants to close his or her eyes the quran draws to itself the sights of sights of those who who are willing to see who are willing to learn receive lessons who are willing to be edified and opens up an unending treasure of sciences for the intellects this cosmos huge massive intricate full of so many different and differing varieties species individuals each individual is a character so much specification and designation and so much collaboration and mutual assistance and harmony the study of that the study of that is an unending treasure
It is full of wisdom and lessons and amazements for those who are willing to listen and see and receive lessons who are not caught up in the world and in their pride and vain desires and fallen into heedlessness. That is the Quran. Felsefe hikmeti ise bütün harikulade olan mucizat-ı kudreti adet perdesi içinde saklayıp cahilane, lakaydane üstünde geçer. Yalnız harikuladelikten düşen ve intizamı hilkatten huruç eden ve kemali fıtrattan sukut eden nadir fertleri nazarı dikkate arz eder, onları birer ibretli hikmet diye zişura takdim eder. As for the wisdom of philosophy, again, this is philosophy that is not guided by revelation. Otherwise, Ustad Nursi does not have a, a you know, chip on, shoulder, on, on his shoulder about philosophy. He does not have a grudge against philosophy. He does not have a grudge against civilization and modern. He doesn't have a grudge against anything. He has a keen eye. He looks and sees what is good and what is bad. And philosophy that is not guided by revelation is the product of um, hubris, rejection of reality. Good cannot come from that which does not correspond to reality. That's it. Unless accidentally. But then you do not attribute it to it because it did not mean it. As for the wisdom of philosophy, it conceals the miracles of power that are all extraordinary. It conceals them under the veil of ordinary custom and moves over them ignorantly and indifferently. Sometimes we take a road trip, go on a you know, long journey by car. We drive, keep driving and driving and driving. How many stories are there in plain sight outside of the car that we are driving? So many houses, perhaps farms, perhaps trees, perhaps mountains, perhaps rocks, perhaps rivers, perhaps human beings, perhaps animals. So many different stories, so many different amazing things happening outside the car. But especially if you are a passenger and who is perhaps has a book in his or her hand and just reading it. Nowadays, we have those DVD things in the cars. Perhaps your, your kids are sitting in the back and watching their DVD uh, cartoon movie, which they had watched five times before. And because now that they are in the car and there's nothing else to do, and I'm putting this in quotation marks, right? In, there's nothing else to do. They are watching this, the, the DVD, the screen, and they are blind, they are heedless, they, they have no idea what is going on outside that car. Had they, had they not become heedless by the small, limited preoccupation that is in their hands or before their eyes, they could have looked out and seen, seen the amazing scenery that's out there but they are not doing it. That's how we live in this world. Once we forget reality, once we, we lose our connection with reality, once we lose our sense of wonder, by custom, by training, socialization, by not being reminded about the reality as reality is, by falling prey to the traps of that, the, that wisdom of philosophy that is not guided by revelation, we lose sight. We lose sight of the miracles of power that are all extraordinary. If you, if you read literature from all the times like pre-modern times or perhaps 
as modernity is hitting but not fully transform the world that we live in no tv no radio no uh, cassette players no no recorded uh, imagery and sound except for books but there is limited access to books and not everybody is literate you will see how people were um, out there in the nature looking and and having joy enjoying it enjoying the reality as it is instead of being trapped in a virtual reality that is not reality that is fiction but not being reminded of that reality the wisdom of philosophy right born out of hubris not guided by revelation conceals the miracles of power that are all extraordinary under the veil of ordinary custom and moves over them steps on them ignorantly and indifferently and i would add here this disrespectfully think about the amount of disrespect we have to the world that we live in how we are ruining it think about it when we do not see the miracle of power that's happening in there we stop attributing value to it we stop thinking about the preciousness of it if you if you if you were carrying a delicate work of art that is worth three million dollars in your hand something that's really delicate and fragile that if, if it fell it would break or if you shook it too much it would break you would be walking with care and attention and you would be watching your steps and what you are carrying if you were carrying a you know newly born baby in your arms you would be careful about that perhaps on a very hot sunny day you would you could possibly go out outside under the sun and walk there expose yourself to the scorching rays of the sun and perhaps put yourself in the danger of heat stroke or something like that but you are you are much less likely to do the same while you carry the baby in your arms unless you have to right you protect it to the extent that you you attribute value to something and recognize its preciousness and fragility you pay attention and and you are careful about it is that what we are doing to this this earth to this world in which we are living no we don't see the preciousness and the delicacy that is in it we are not fearful of Inter intervening ignorantly and unfairly and unjustly and ruining it and and we are doing that it only presents to the attention of sites those individuals that fall beneath extraordinary diverges from the orderliness of creation and descends beneath the perfection of innate nature so here is one of those paradigm changes because of cost, custom and familiarity we think that what is happening on a regular basis is ordinary and worthless and when something changes that pattern something happens out of that regular occurrences that we are used to and we are familiar with we think that that is extraordinary but Ustad Nurse is telling us no that is not what's extraordinary what is extraordinary is the miracle of power that you are seeing on a daily basis that you are waking up every day and seeing the sun rise that's a miracle of power that's that's not ordinary that, that there is something going on in it and about it but this wisdom of philosophy that has lost its way presents to the attention of science those individuals that fall beneath extraordinary for instance one day you you woke up and you see that there is something in front of the the sun there is a, a lunar eclipse that is also something that is also 
and extraordinary but it is not less extraordinary than the the rise of the sun on a daily basis but this wisdom of philosophy thinks the rising of the sun is just ordinary and it is only extraordinary when something happens that that breaks that pattern it diverges from the orderliness of creation. So something that diverges from the orderliness of creation, and Sadnusi will give examples here, so I don't want to go too far, and descends beneath the perfection of innate nature. So the lunar eclipse is still perfect. It, it indicates a perfection that is built into this amazing system. But there are things that fall beneath that perfection. Ustad Nursi is going to give the example now. Mesela, en cami bir mucize-i kudret olan insanın hilkatini adi deyip lakaytlıkla bakar. Fakat insanın kemali hilkatinden huruc etmiş, üç ayaklı yahut iki başlı bir insanı bir velvele-i istirabla nazarı ibrete teşhir eder. For instance, it considers this philosophy that is not guided by revelation. It considers the creation of the human being, who is a most comprehensive miracle of power. What is the human being? A most comprehensive miracle of power. Which human being? Any human being. All human beings. All babies. All teenagers. All adults. All, all elder people. They are all miracles of power. But this philosophy considers the human being who is a most comprehensive miracle of power to be ordinary and looks at it with indifference yeah happening every day there are seven billion of them so what's the big deal big deal that every human being almost every human being are born with two arms and they have hands and they have five fingers at the tips of their hands and they are they have tactile abilities they can grab things and manipulate things and perhaps write perhaps type perhaps cut perhaps do this perhaps do that what's extraordinary about that everybody does that is that the right way to approach this it is not it is not the right way to approach this there is a miracle of power happening there in the in the palms of every human being in the hands of every human being they have five fingers and they they work in a perfect mechanism they have a thumb and four fingers and the thumb and the four fingers work together to grab things to grasp things to turn things to to pull things to to push things to squeeze things what an amazing thing that is and we have seven billion of them about seven billion of them right now on earth and everybody has two of them but but philosophy that is not guided by the wisdom of the quran by revelation considers the creation of the human being who is a most comprehensive miracle of power to be ordinary and looks at it with indifference however with a fuss of amazement it displays a human being who has diverged from the perfection of human creation perhaps with three feet or two heads to the sites that are open to lessons so there are people are willing to listen willing to receive lessons get lessons but it is it is the lesson that is being given, that is being offered. This philosophy of sciences tells them, look what an amazing thing. This man, right, has three hands. Yes, that's amazing too. That's a miracle of power too. But it's a miracle of power that shows us the miracle of power in, in the seven billion people that have two hands. It, it says to us, it tells us, look, this is happening with intent there is one who is in charge who is given two hands to every one of the seven billion people who, who are living on earth now 
who is giving it to them out of his mercy, he could have made three hands, one of which is dysfunctional and preventing them from being able to function in the perfect way that they are able to do so in this world. He could have done that. See, it is within his power, but he is not doing it. He is designating two hands. He is specifying every human being with the exception of these these lessons that he is offering with two hands and that is miraculous that is miraculous but it considers that philosophy considers the creation of the human being who is a most comprehensive miracle of power to be ordinary and looks at it with indifference with a fuss of amazement it makes a fuss it displays a human being who has diverged from the per perfection of human creation so there is a perfection in the human creation and we see it in the in the creation of you know about seven billion people but we don't recognize the perfection in that and we are, we are amazed and and fall into this wondrous state in which we should say subhanallah glory be to god who has created the human human body and and mind and soul with such perfection we don't say it we just focus on what happens to fall beneath that for perfection and and think that that is that is what's amazing with three feet or two heads that's not it that is not what is amazing the amazing thing is that we are created in such a perfect way and then on top of it as an added layer yes there is amazement in the creation of human beings with three hands or two heads or you know some are created blind some are created with missing extremities and so on and so forth and and they will be compensated in the hereafter for what they are missing here so this is within the realm of justice and there is a lesson to be learned from that too and that lesson is that what we falsely think of the ordinary state itself is amazing and there's a miracle of power in that and the one who creates it in this way could have created it in that way out of his mercy he, he is giving us what we need we need to recognize that mercy that will that power that knowledge mesela en latif ve umumi bir mucizi rahmet olan bütün yavruların hazineyi gaybtan, muntazam iaşelerini adi görüp küfran perdesini üstüne çeker. Fakat intizamdan şüzuz etmiş, kabilesinden cüda olmuş, yalnız olarak gurbete düşmüş, denizin altında olan bir böceğin bir yeşil yaprakla iaşesini görür. Ondan tecelli eden lütuf ve keremle bütün hazır balıkçıları alatmak ister. Haşiye, Amerika'da aynen bu vaka olmuştur. For instance, it pulls the veil of disbelief and denial over the orderly provision of all infants from the treasure of the unseen. We talked about this before. Babies, when they are born uh, in, in, in mammals, like human beings, cows, sheep, whales, all mammals, when they are born, their mothers have milk ready for them and that milk is the perfect nutrition for what that baby needs at that stage of its development move forward three months the baby still needs milk but it needs a different kind of milk with some different nutrition uh, and the the milk that the mother provides for that baby is the perfect match for what that baby needs isn't there a miracle of mercy in this chicks birds uh birds lay their eggs and sit on it and then there come out the chicks and those chicks need particular types of nutrition so for instance some of them need more protein at the earlier stages of the, their development so that they can grow bigger and start flying like this takes let's say a month and during that month it happens right it happens as if it is happening by itself right the one who has power and will and knowledge and mercy makes that there are a, an abundance of insects that their mothers can catch and bring to these chicks and after that those chicks once they start flying they need less protein but they need more 
energy or carbohydrates in order to keep moving around and you start to see seeds uh, ripening on on weeds and falling and they go and pick those seeds now they have more more carbohydrates to to feed their bodies as they are flying around and, and using so much energy isn't that a miracle of mercy it pulls the wisdom of philosophy pulls the veil of disbelief and denial says this is accidental this has evolved over time by many probabilities and possibilities coming together by through the convergence of various causes the nature did it it takes away intent and knowledge and power and will and designation from this and says just happens it pulled the pulls the veil of disbelief and denial over the orderly provision of all infants from the treasure of the unseen which is a most subtle and general covering everything miracle of mercy however so it's happening every day every hour every moment and it doesn't see that this is extraordinary however it sees the provision with a green leaf of an insect which having fallen under the sea has become an exception to the order separated from its tribe and become a stranger in foreign lands it wants to make all the present fishermen weep over witnessing the favor and munificence that is manifest in this so what is this this is a this is something that Ustad Nursi seems to have read in the newspaper there is a side note and in the side note he says in America this event has taken place exactly as narrated so apparently fishermen noticed that at one point there was this land insect that's supposed to be living outside on land right it has fallen on fallen in water under the under the water but was somehow saved in there with the presence of a green leaf perhaps the leaf trapped some air and the insect was able to breathe with that trapped air and eat the leaf and live there so yeah this is news right this is news when when the dog, dog barks it's not news when the dog bites the man it is not news it happens all the time but if a man bites the dog that's news right what is happening outside of the orderly perfection that becomes the new news disorderliness imperfection that is what we are focusing on yes that has a lesson too as we said before if there was no imperfection we would be oblivious to perfection we would not recognize the mercy the bliss the power the designation in it but does this mean that we should that there is the the imperfect now we should not recognize what is perfect as perfect there is a way of thinking that makes things serve the opposite of what they are created for imperfections are created to highlight perfections while we are walking around this in in our lives about this world being indifferent to perfection and focusing on imperfection that's the corruption of the innate nature that's the corruption of what we are created for it that philosophy that has influence all of our thinking today that is not guided by revelation sees the provision with a green leaf of an insect which having fallen under the sea has become an exception to the order separated from its tribe and become a stranger in foreign lands yes there is amazement in that too the one who designates provision for each and every creature has designated its provision its sustenance there under the water that that's also amazing as long as we do not lose sight of the perfection and mercy that characterizes the provision of those insects who are on land it wants to make all the present fishermen weep over witnessing the favor and munificence that is manifest in this and yes 
the fishermen who are present there should weep over being filled with this high emotions upon being upon witnessing the favor and munificence that is manifesting this yes that is true they should witness the favor and munificence that is manifest in that but provided that this does not prevent them from being able to witness the favor and munificence that is manifest in the provision of each and every insect and bird and animal and human being and plant and whatnot every day everywhere işte Kur'an-ı Kerim'in ilim ve hikmet ve marifet-i ilahiye cihetiyle servet ve gınası felsefenin ve felsefenin ilim ve ibret ve marifet-i saniye cihetindeki fakr ve iflasını gör, ibret al. Yes, see the wealth and sufficiency of the noble Kur'an from the point of view of knowledge, wisdom and divine gnosis and see the poverty and bankruptcy of philosophy from the point of view of knowledge moral lesson and gnosis of the maker the noble quran right provides you with knowledge with wisdom and divine gnosis knowledge of god when it presents reality to you in the way that it presents it does not conceal the reality of reality it exposes it it says, look at the sun as it is rising. Isn't this amazing? The, it doesn't take away from the amazement of the rising of the sun that it is happening every day. It has happened for probably 5 billion years or so on this earth. It doesn't take away from its amazing. It's amazing every day. It was amazing yesterday, it is amazing today, it will be amazing tomorrow. And if it doesn't rise the following day, that will be amazing too. It is going to hammer into our obstinate minds that it was amazing for 5 billion years. But it may be too late. It may be too late then. See the wealth and sufficiency of the Noble Quran. It doesn't need anything else to, it doesn't need a, any further assistance to clarify things for you. It is self-sufficient. It has so much wealth that the Quran is sufficient from the point of view of knowledge, wisdom, and divine gnosis. And, and see the poverty and bankruptcy of philosophy from the point of view of knowledge, moral lesson, and the gnosis of the maker. It is bankrupt when it comes to receiving moral lessons from what we are seeing. It is bankrupt when it comes to seeing the reality of things. It is bankrupt when it comes to telling us about the maker of these things. And, and take your lesson, right? Mr. says, take your lesson. The problem, the big problem is that this philosophy of, of science, knowledge, that is not guided by revelation actually takes pride in not telling you anything about the maker about confining itself to within a box that it calls the nature and and trying to figure out how one thing is tied up to another thing and thinks that this is wisdom there is wisdom in it but it is not wisdom the real wisdom is to be able to see outside the box, to see the owner and creator and sustainer of the box. What good is it if you see how things are tied up to one another in this box, if the box is doomed to being destroyed within an undefined period of time because each human being's box is destroyed when they die and nobody knows when they are going to die but at most at most give it a hundred years what's going to happen after that what good is it that you know that you know that oxygen and hydrogen come together and make water and water water uh, expands when it freezes and at such and such temperature water evaporates and such and such temperature water freezes and there are three states of 
three major states of matter, which is solid and gas and liquid and whatnot. These are all useful from, from, from a mechanical point of view to tie things to one another and make tools with them. And that's also good. That's also important and useful. And we should have that information and knowledge too. But what good is it if it will all come to an end and we do not see that which is permanent, that, it, that which is permanently embedded in, in their essence, in their nature to show us something that is higher and loftier and further and beyond and that will last. What good is there in that? If we don't, if we don't take what is to last from it, but limit ourselves to what is here and now and passing and transient and will not stay with us. And when it departs, will only, only leave sorrow and torn hearts behind. What is good? What is the good in that? İşte bu sırdandır ki, Kur'an-ı Hakim nihayetsiz parlak yüksek hakikatleri cami olduğundan, şiirin hayalatından müstahnidir. Evet, Kur'an-ı Mucizül Beyan'ın eacaz derecesindeki kemal nizam ve intizamı ve kitab-ı kainattaki intizamat-ı sanatı muntazam üsluplarıyla tefsir ettikleri halde, manzum olmadığının diğer bir sebebi de budur ki, it is among the aspects of this secret that that the Quran of miraculous exposition is presenting what we see all around in its amazing amazing state and showing pointing out the miracle in everything. It is among the aspects of this secret that because the wisdomful Quran is endlessly brilliant and gathers elevated truths in itself it is self-sufficient above the fanciful imageries and imageries and imaginations of poetry it is self-sufficient it doesn't need the fanciful imageries of poetry it is already already presenting amazing realities it does not need to embellish it further because what it is presenting is perfectly embellished Yes, one of the reasons for the Quran of Miraculous Exposition not being versified, not being put into poetry, despite the miraculous degree of its perfect order and orderliness, and despite that it inter interprets the orderliness of artistry in the book of the cosmos in a well-ordered style, is this. The Quran is not written in the style of poetry. It is not with, written with with poetic rhythm it is not written with rhyme it does not resort to uh, artificial artificial embellishments but it is beautiful it is orderly it sounds perfectly resonant and harmonious so it is it is not deficient in that sense it is not less than poetry it is more than poetry and if we want to understand how this is happening and why this is the case, why the Quran does not need to stoop down to the level of poetry, and this is not to belittle poetry, it is just to, to, to explain and clarify the elevated status of the Quran above poetry. Right? If you want to understand that, Ustad Nursi says, uh, take a look at this. This is the reason. What is the reason? Or this is the explanation. Ayetlerinin her bir necmi vezin kaydı altına girmeyip ta ekser ayetlere bir nevi merkez olsun ve kardeşi olsun ve mabeynlerinde mevcut münasebeti maneviyeyi rabıta olmak için o daire-i muhayta içindeki ayetlere birer hattı münasebet teşkil etmesidir. Güya Serbest her bir ayetin ekser ayetlere bakar birer gözü, müteveccih birer yüzü var. Kur'an içinde binler Kur'an bulunur ki her bir meşrep sahibine bir ismi verir. Nasıl ki 25. sözde beyan edildiği gibi sure-i ihlas içinde 36 sure-i ihlas miktarınca 
her biri zil ecniha olan altı cümlenin terkibatından müteşekkil bir hazine-i ilmi tevhid bulunuyor ve tazamun ediyor. Each of the stars of its verses, the Quran's verses, avoids being restricted by rhythm, poetic rhythm, so that it can be a focal center for and brother to most other verses. Because as we know, in a uh, work of poetry, each verse relates to the verse that's coming before it and after it and, and it's stuck there. You cannot take that verse from that location and maybe move 10 lines below and try to connect it with the verse that comes there. It doesn't work. There might be one uh, rhyme or one rhythm that runs through everything, but the meaning won't connect. They, something will not work. The perfection of poetry is in everything being in the particular place that it is. So the Quran has that kind of perfection, but that is not the limit of its perfection. Its perfection, one of the aspects of its perfection is that each verse is able to relate to the entirety of the Quran. Each of the stars of its verses avoids being restricted by poetic rhythm so that it can be a focal center for and brother to, to most other verses. And it draws connecting lines to the verses in that circle. So it, it is like a center. Each verse is like a center and each circle has a circle around it of many verses that it connects to. It draws connecting lines to the verses in that circle to serve as bonds for the metaphysical relationship that exists between them. And now imagine how rich the meaning would be if each verse could connect to many other verses in many different ways and indicate or point to or allude to or clarify new meanings because of the, the various contexts that it draws around itself. It is as if each free verse that is a verse that is not bound by rhythm or rhyme, it is as if each free verse has an I looking at most other verses and a countenance facing them. There exist thousands of Quran in the Quran. So there's one Quran composed of 6,000 something verses, but within that Quran, there are thousands of Quran, depending on how you are able to see those relationships between verses and how you are able to move from one verse to another to another to another in different places following those lines that are drawn in that circle by that, that, that verse that you started with. There exist thousands of Qur'ans in the Qur'an and it gives theirs to the people of each disposition. So to, to each individual, it gives what, it, what its particular human disposition needs at the particular moment. It gives theirs to the people of each disposition. This is similar to the way, as explained in the 25th word, and of course Ustad Nursi added this later on, the 25th word should come later, and inshallah we will come to it. It is about the miraculousness of the exposition of the Quran. So this is similar to the way as it is explained in the 25th word that there is a treasure of the science of monotheism. There's a treasure of the knowledge, science of monotheism in the chapter of Ikhlas, which is the 112th chapter of the Quran. That is composed of the combinations of the six, each multifaceted sentences that that, chap that chapter is composed of six verses, six sentences, six each multifaceted sentences to the number of and entailing 36 chapters of Ikhlas. So in the uh, 25th word, Ustad Nursi gives us a detailed interpretation of uh, this, this uh, chapter, Surat Al-Ikhlas, the chapter of Ikhlas, sincerity. It is one of the most important chapters of the, the Quran. It, it gives us a 
beautiful summary of the creed of monotheism, right? And it is six sentences, but it's not mercy. It shows that within those six sentences, uh, in the way that those sentences relate to one another in different ways, you end up having 36 chapters of ikhlas. 36 uh, harmonious, mutually supporting ways of reading that chapter. Evet, nasıl ki semada olan intizamsız yıldızların sureten ademi intizamı cihetiyle her bir yıldız kayıt altına girmeyip her birisi ekser yıldızlara bir nevi merkez olarak daire-i muhitasındaki birer birer her bir yıldıza mevcudat beynindeki nispeti hafiyeye işaret olarak birer hattı münasebet uzatıyor. Güya her bir tek yıldız Necmi ayet gibi umum yıldızlara bakar birer gözü, müteveccih birer yüzü vardır. İşte intizamsızlık içinde kemal intizamı gör, ibret al. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ve ma allamnahu şi'ra ve ma yanbaghi Nin bir sırrını bil. As Ustad Nursi referred to the verses of the Quran as stars, right? He is now going to explain us that metaphor and he's going to show us how the stars in the in the sky are like the quran miraculous and how there is that correspondence between the book of revelation and book of creation yes how from the point of view of the seeming lack of orderliness among the disorderly stars on the sky so you look and it's like as if you know just sprinkled there they, that's why they called it milk away right as if milk uh, you know spilled and there are these splashes of uh, of of light all around without any uh without any designation and specific order but look look careful yes how from the point of view of the seeming lack of orderliness seeming lack of orderliness among the disorderly stars on the sky each star avoids restriction and being a center for most stars this is visually but we can also think of this this in terms of gravitation right each star avoids restriction and being a center for most stars they each extend a line of connection to every star in their circumference one by one circumference one by one which is a signifier of the hidden relationship among existent beings it is as if each single star has an eye looking to all stars like the stars of verses like the verses in the quran which are like stars and a countenance facing them thus see the perfection of orderliness within lack of orderliness its seeming lack of orderliness actually makes it more orderly and more beautiful there is a perfect order that's happening there that's beyond what you with your limited abilities think of as order the way sometimes we think the rhythm and rhyme in poetry makes it perfect and because this other text other narrative is lacking rhythm and rhyme it, it needs to be beneath it no that's not the case because the lack of rhythm and rhyme in that other text the way the stars function in the sky makes everything in it relate to everything else it is the it is a higher level and form of perfection thus see the perfection of orderliness within lack of orderliness receive your lesson from it no one of the secrets of we have not taught the prophet poetry nor could he ever have been a poet right this is uh, quran chapter 36 verse 69 it's about the prophet some people said well he's just a poet no what he is giving to you is not like poetry and and there were companions there were rather there were arabs living in the society where he was uh, he was explaining to the people the realities as he received them in revelation and they were saying there is something exceptional in, in what he is saying. This is not like human words. This is not like poetry. We know poetry. We are experts in it. 
we, we would recognize poetry when we heard it this is not like that and this is not beneath poetry either this is above poetry this is above human human speech there has to be something extraordinary about it some just because they recognize this accepted reality as reality is and took shahada became muslims became believers and some recognized this but out of their hubris they could not so we should make sure that our hubris does not stand on our way to to reality and to to reunion with our lord in the hereafter hem ayeti wa ma yanbaghi sırrını da bununla anla ki şiirin şeni küçük ve sönük hakikatleri büyük ve parlak hayallerle süslendirip beğendirmek ister halbuki Kur'an'ın hakikatleri o kadar büyük, ali, parlak ve revnaktardır ki en büyük ve parlak hayal o hakikatlere nispet edilse gayet küçük ve sönük kalır. Mesela Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yevmen natve semae ketayyesi cillil kutub. Yuhşil leylen nehara yatlubuhu hasisa. إن كانت إلا صيحة واحدة فإذا هم جميع لدينا محضرون gibi hadsi sakikatleri buna şahittir. Furthermore, understand the secret of the verse of nor could he ever have been a poet. In this way, that that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam could could not have been a poet. He he was not trying to be a poet. He could not have been a poet. He's he is above it. So it is not that he could not have ever been a poet because he is beneath it. No, he could not have ever been a poet because he is above it. Understand the secret of that verse in this way that the characteristic of poetry is that it wants to ornament small and dim realities with great and brilliant imagery and thus have people like them. Nevertheless, the realities of the Quran are so great, elevated, brilliant, and exquisite that compared to those realities, even the greatest and most brilliant imagery would remain small and dim. You cannot exaggerate reality. You cannot embellish reality further. It is perfect. You cannot perfection, you cannot make perfection more perfect. Reality is perfect from the point of view of what it needs to be ontologically from the point of view of its beauty and therefore you cannot make it better and more beautiful and if the purpose of poetry if the function of poetry is to embellish realities and sometimes human realities need to be embellished that that makes them look better etc etc so this is not a condemnation of poetry right but poetry should know its place poetry's place is not to to to give us knowledge of reality as reality is knowledge of reality as reality is is in the quran that is how it works nevertheless the realities of the quran are so great elevated brilliant and exquisite that compared to those realities even the greatest and most brilliant imagery would remain small and dim for example witnesses to this are many of its realities such as and Ustadnus is here going to give us some examples of verses uh, that that especially describe the end of times and how things will change at the time, how uh, the, the mountains and the skies will be rolled up, etc. Or uh, happenings that, again, because of our custom and familiarity and heedlessness, appear to us as ordinary, but that are actually extraordinary. So listen to these verses. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. يَوْمَ نَطْوِ السَّمَاءَ كَطَيِّ السِّجِلِّ الْكُتُبِ And of course this came up in the 12th word too, so it must have been a verse that really made a big impact on Ustad Nursi. On that day, 
we shall roll up the skies as a writer rolls up scrolls. This is Quran, chapter 21, verse 104. Or, He makes the night cover the day in swift pursuit. It is, when you look at it, it's daylight, brilliant. You can see everything. And all of a sudden, there comes darkness and you can see nothing. And especially imagine this before the invention of electricity and electric light. What a huge impact that must have been making on people's spirits and be like that now. We are deprived of that now. Or in Kanat Illa Sahatan Wahidatan Faida Hum Jami Unladeina Mahbarun. It was just one single blast. And then, lo and behold, they were all brought before us. They were all brought before us. So these are verses to contemplate. Think about what they are describing. Think about the greatness, miraculousness, brilliance of the realities that they are telling us about and then we will we will recognize that they don't need any further embellishment and exaggeration they are great and perfectly beautiful all right uh, we will end here there is more to this inshallah we will continue in the next episode for now subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka anta al-alimul hakim وآخر دعواهم أن الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة الصلاة اللهم صل على